0: Welcome to another edition of African Rhythms, the finest in 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s soul, Latin jazz, Brazilian, and we're going to funk it up too a little bit later on. we got all kinds of stuff. We're going to do a socially conscious set starting at about 7, and we've got soul aficionado, soul singer, and general, all around great man to have on the show. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> good to have you back. How you doing, David? I'm doing excellent. I almost didn't make it here through the rain on my bike, but somehow we managed to pull it all together. Yes, indeed. Yeah, so we're going to. We, that was uh, the Montclairs we were starting with there, and that's something pretty wonderful. I believe they were a uh, New York City band.
1: New York City bound, but uh, their roots were originally from East St. Louis, uh, Illinois, and as uh, uh, in addition to a lot of Chicago groups, they had a fling in Chicago but didn't get signed. So they headed east to New York City and ended up not just coming back to uh, East St. Louis but all the way back to New Orleans where they were signed by Paula Records, uh, mm. a small label. And they ended up doing a series of records on Paula, uh, another one of these 70s five-man uh, acapella lead groups that were indicative of that early 70s sexy soul time.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, I guess that came out of the very big doo-wop sound at one time, and it was sort of, a, I guess, a natural progression of the doo-wop, taking in perhaps
1: some of the uh, influences of Motown. It was exactly that, because you, they kept the basic five voices, and, and they they stressed the acapella lead. Not the acapella, but the uh, falsetto lead. And what you heard off the uh, street corner type doo-wop stuff was only now a little more orchestrated. We had string arrangements like with the Philly sound and with mm. stuff like the Moments and the Delfonics As we went further west, the sound was a little rougher and whatnot. It was more voice-oriented because you had groups like the Dells there in Chicago who were into that type of thing. And the Montclair's were kind of a conglom of the two styles. that yeah. They were able to do that smooth thing but also go to church when they had to as well.
0: Yeah, well... We, we, we love it when they go to church. Yes, indeed. <laughs> put, the,
1: put the money in the plate. Just go to church. Just The it.
0: spiritual thing yes, definitely indeed. seems to bring the magic out. And why don't we then
1: uh, listen to another Montclair's track.
0: Now, this one's called Dreaming Out of Season, another single.
1: This was a good crossover side for them. This actually was played in a few white markets. Um, when you're a small label like Paula was, um, it's good to have a base in a strong music city like New Orleans. Mm. And it was through New Orleans that they ended up getting played in a lot of smaller towns and stuff. Because, again, when you have a music city and you have everybody encouraging local talent or talent that they feel is so solid that they want to make it part of what their sound is, hmm. you know, it, it makes for a, a big difference than if you're in a situation where you've got a lot of groups and you're battling for a few spots and stuff and everything's real, a little more cutthroat with regard to what gets on the playlist. So in this regard, uh, moving back west and south helped the Montclair's career a lot more than if they had you know just kind of struggled and stayed in the east coast and fought it out with some of the other groups
0: yeah I think that it's fair to say their influence has been felt worldwide I know hung up on your love which is more of an yeah. up-tempo track mm-hmm. um that was played in the northern soul scene in England and in fact this cd is a Japanese collection of 16 tracks so d- <laughs> due respect to the Japanese we
1: gotta wonder what's going on in Japan <laughs> man I'm telling you they, they've got it together man. because the compilations that we've seen uh there are some excellent uh bags of music thrown together by not just uh this group but a lot of groups they've really done their homework well yeah. in picking out the cream of a lot of the soul groups and putting them together on uh, cds yeah well
0: i mean anybody any soul aficionado who promotes the music and loves it as much of us um we have only the utmost respect for and we're going to start with this montclair's track dreaming out of season and then we're going to m- play a little mixture of some of our favorites delphonics wendy city curtis mayfield the originals some of the guys we
1: love yes indeed all right you heard off the uh, street corner type doo-wop stuff was only now a little more orchestrated where we had string arrangements. If an artist or a group has a, a sound that they want to uh, bring along and, and, and that they believe in and whatnot, nothing's really going to stop it because we've seen in the genre of soul music mm. so many artists who have been together for so long doing this kind of music and you know when you stick to something that long you know you believe it
2: you're
3: crying. Little boy
4: blue, are you unhappy? Little boy
5: blue, hush your
3: crying, don't ever pop. When you're young, there are things to find out. Bad or good? Little boy blue, you've lost your mommy, little boy blue, I know you loved her dearly, little boy blue. A far wondrous land And took her place In the kingdom of man But though she's gone Her love lingers on To you, little boy And though she's gone From this world of man Always to you She'll be a guiding hand Go oh, hush up, little man, weep no more. Little boy. Blue. Little boy. Blue.
5: Fuck but...
0: That's The Originals from Portrait of the Originals, I'll Wait for You. And that was something special there, Mike.
1: You have good work relationships when you have a big label like Motown between certain artists. And it seemed like Marvin Gaye used The Originals quite often when he had his uh, his second uh, movement in his great career. From like what's going on, on through you know the latter part of his career, the Originals. Yeah, they were on the same lot.
0: label. Mm-hmm. Last week we played that great Marvin track from Let's Get It On where The Originals were on backup. Mm-hmm. I guess there's an interrelationship there and it was um golden years for both of them well
1: without a doubt uh you have situations like that where you know you just like well you know you just may just like them as people as well as being uh, great musicians and stuff so it, it, it stands to reason that you know you might have a good work relationship where you know they'll ask for a song or something like that and then it obviously is a sign of a good relationship
0: yeah now another band that was happening around that time
1: black ivory we got a special song um i believe um you knew that black ivory I knew uh leroy and i also knew um Stu bascom the two leads, and uh, out of a lot of the songs in their catalog, I know for a fact that uh, this one that's coming up was Stu Bascom's favorite song. He liked singing it uh, at that time when you're young and then you've got that falsetto. You know, it feels like you can like scrape the sky with your voice. And this was a voice that, uh, a, rather, a song that Stu really liked to soar on. This one and uh, You and I, which is another Black Ivy tune that was a favorite of his and Leroy Burgess as well.
0: Yeah, okay. Now, a, bit, a little bit later on, Black Ivory, um, very influential
1: in the uh, disco scene. I, uh, Mainline was a big hit for them. Yeah, Mainline was, actually, Mainline was their biggest hit, because yeah. all the stuff that they had done was local. Um, you know, they got played on the New York Soul stations and in the metropolitan area, but they didn't really get much further than just that part of the country until Mainline. Mainline broke out everywhere. It was a worldwide hit. It was, yeah. Now, I mean, earlier on, um, we were saying about this do wop thing, and
0: it seems to me that that they, along with a lot of these other guys, seem to have been influenced. or uh, That's probably what they were listening to when they were younger. Well,
1: everybody was. I yeah. Mean, you know, and that was the, the beautiful thing about it was is that it didn't matter what color you were. I mean, there were white kids and south part of brooklyn getting mm-hmm. into the doo just like there were black kids up in harlem and mm-hmm. latin kids up in the in the south bronx doing it and stuff and when all that harmony came together mm-hmm. it was there was a very spiritual kind of calm and influence through all that you know everybody really dug where they were coming from with that sort of thing yeah and unfortunately it really wasn't pushed the way it should have been because there were so many unscrupulous people who were out there trying to rip these poor people off and, uh, you know, take their money and and take their talent and stuff. And, Mm. you know, when all that gets into the business, it really spoils something that's beautiful on the surface.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, I think with music, when it cuts through the barriers and doesn't have to be labeled... I don't know, my philosophy is it's kind of like divide and conquer, you know? You put music in a little category and this is this and we're not going to chart this or whatever have you. That's what's bad. I mean, when music cuts through and it's just accepted on the quality of whatever it is, it shouldn't be about, I don't know, when Stevie's called pop
1: music or whatever, to me, I don't really understand that. I, I understand you know? exactly where you're going here. And, and and the point is, is that, well, if you segment these things and you try to keep them from the public at large and stuff obviously you're trying to stifle something even though you know it may be popular for a certain niche that mm. you are guaranteed you know they hear this they will buy this mm. but beyond just the beauty of the music and stuff to, to get into the the more mes- message conscious stuff that we're going to talk about later yeah. on in the show um, this is what it was about you know Having people experience this and say, hey, man, this is beautiful stuff, yeah. you know, and not worry about it. Because really, when it's something you really like, you don't really care. You, you like, hey, I like how this person sounds or, you yeah. know, I like what this person does on stage. And, you know, the color thing becomes irrelevant. And the people that really enjoy music, that's always been the, the, the problem because the, the AR people aren't music people. Yeah. It's, it's just as much their job to segment and cut off a group as it is to push a different kind of group or a different kind of music. Yeah. It's always enough to wonder, but when it really comes down to it, if um if an artist or a group has a, a sound that they want to bring along and, and, and that they believe in and whatnot, nothing's really going to stop it because we've seen in the genre of soul music mm. so many artists who have been together for so long doing this kind of music and you know when you stick to something that long you know you believe in it so eventually it, it's a matter of of success really being relative you know mm. if you're doing something that you love to do you know who cares how long you do it now if you can make money from it of course to you know uh-huh. uh, adhere to the things that you know, make things pliable in the society, Mm. that's another story. Mm. But we've got something special here with these artists, you know, because the one thing that they have in common common is their love of this music and their desire to perpetuate singing this and bringing this out to the public. Yeah, and I guess um, all we
0: can do here on African Rhythms is um, show you that today there are people as relevant as Curtis Mayfield and Marvin Gaye. Sooner or later... This music will break through and all that we can do is try to popularize it and teach you about the past and some of the music that has not got its due and whether it be from today or from yesteryear.
1: Indeed. the root, uh, I just need to say that the roots of the soul tree are quite firm and they are grounded all around the world and regardless of who branches off from it, uh, the idea is the same, the, the soul, the spirit to, to play and to sing with everything that you have that the creator gave you mm. and that is how... Uh, you manifest that beauty, that you just go on ahead and you do what you believe in. Black Ivory, out of a lot of their songs in their catalog, I know for a fact that uh, this one that's coming up was Stu Bascom's favorite song. He liked singing it. (laughs) To segment and cut off a group as it is to push a different kind of group or a different kind of music.
6: that I need it in this world, you are the one for me, one for me, let me hold you in my arms, girl, and fill you with my charms, I'm sure, you will see, you will see, the things
1: And that was the, the beautiful thing about it was is that it didn't matter what color you were. I mean, there were white kids in the south part of Brooklyn getting into the doo-wop, just like there were black kids up in Harlem and Latin kids up in the, in the South Bronx doing it and stuff. And when all that harmony came together, it was there was a very spiritual kind of calm and influence through all that. You know, everybody really dug where they were coming from, where they were coming from.
2: I still love you, baby Even though you're gonna walk out and leave me, baby Now God knows it's a crying shame He must be thinking we are going insane oh, oh, oh. I still want you, baby You're still my and lady I'm so crazy about you, baby Now that you say we are through What am I gonna do without you? I can see it in your face There's no smile, no grin, no laughter on your face I still need you baby I still wanna put my arms around and squeeze you baby And each time I look into your eyes I feel like I'm living in so I can touch your hand
0: that's what I call a very strong group sound and that's Windy City before that the Delphonics
1: Carl Davis and Otis Lavell, a very fine Lost Generation uh, good group uh, S- S- Slash on the Wicked and uh, Someday good backup group spiritual kind of calm and influence through all that. You know, everybody really dug where they were coming from with that sort of thing. It'll last the test of time mm-hmm. and it won't really matter black or white or whatever. Exactly. It's just human
0: beings and its contribution to the world of great music and art. And that's the bottom line.
1: That's always been the bottom line. Remember?
0: Yeah. You know, let's get into the socially aware stuff now and uh, let's just try to touch a few bases. We just um, get into a little bit of The development of hip-hop and certainly the message music associated with that. We'll play a little Cunny Williams. And let's start now with this Celestial Blues. Now, this is something that came out in the early 70s. Gary Bartz and the N2 troupe weren't really very appreciated in their time and they had this eccentric singer Andy Bay and um, this track Celestial Blues and I think it's a great way just to begin the more thinking people's kind of music and certainly this music that we love has a rich history in thoughtful deep thinking kind of music so let's start with this and then we can talk a little bit more about it <laughs>
7: We're describe- just And that you was...
0: <laughs> Gary Bartz, back in the early 70s. And we're just getting into our socially conscious part of the evening. In the late 60s, we had the psychedelia going on, early 70s, uh, the Marvin Gaye, What's Going On?, Uh, the Curtis Mayfields, Keep On Pushing. I mean, that's where we all started, really getting deeper. The message music became bigger, Mike.
1: It was part of everything kind of weaving into society as it was. The music grew. People spoke out, you know, the, the simplest rule in uh, when it comes to writing as you write about those experiences that are most familiar to you and with the civil rights situation in in America escalating mm. and stuff and people talking Keep about on pushing. It, yeah. all part of that people yeah. talking about uh, bad treatment by the police and and just overall just mistrust from you know different cultures and all that stuff all that escalated through the music and from there, it got to a point where, of saturation where all of a sudden the message was turned around. It was like, well, yeah, let's all love each other, you know, uh, shake a hand. And it was a beautiful
0: time. All that was.
1: stuff kind of flew, it, it kind of flowed right back into each, itself. And uh, a, a good byproduct of that was the fact that you did have different artists from different styles of music, different cultures, different backgrounds all coming together yeah. and making some good music.
0: We've got to get closer to the essence of life, but be aware it's going to take courage and strife. I mean, that is a, a good message for uh, black people, white people, um, oppressed people, really. always. You know? Yeah, and that's something special. Now, another guy, I mean, I'm looking at this record. And to me, Mike, it's unbelievable that this came out in 1971. Gil Scott-Heron, Pieces of a Man. I mean, the revolution will not be televised. A major, major influence on hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lady J and John Coltrane, a beautiful track about those two people. Home is Where the Hatred Is, later covered by Esther Phillips. Yes, yeah, indeed. Pieces of a Man, Save the Children, the track we're just about to hear. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, um, he was really uh, on the cutting edge of uh, socially conscious kind of
1: music. Gil Scott-Heron has a master's in creative writing it was the 70s he started putting his poems to music and he met while he was down i think it was either jackson state or howard i'm not sure Mm. but at jackson state he met brian jackson the bass player who he eventually partnered up with and created a lot of their early music like the bottle uh well actually it was revolution will not be televised they did that together as well but
0: i heard one other one and it was actually just his poetry Mm -hmm. so i think this is his first record that was with music yeah yeah a, a, pr- a pretty exceptional record it is and uh, let's check out this track now save the children and then after we've heard a few more tracks I've got another one uh, peace go with your brother mm-hmm. which is another beautiful moments
8: if you're driving through Lazy afternoon or you watching your children playing after school? Yeah, to save the children The things that they'll soon, be right at the heart of My little Tommy, he said he wants to be a farmer They ran, but no one stopped to think about the babies or how they would survive, and we were almost lost, Detroit. This. get over losing our
5: minds.
8: Just 30 miles from Detroit, stands a giant power station. Takes each night as the city sleeps. Seconds from annihilation. But no one stopped to think about the people or how they would survive. And we almost lost Detroit this time How would we ever get home They said and did you hear what they said and did you hear what they said they said another brother's dead they said he's dead but he can't be buried oh, They said he's dead But he can't be buried Come on, come on, come on, come on This can't be rain Did you hear what they said? Did you hear what they said? Or did you hear what they said? Or they said they shot him In his head Shot in the head To save his country A Shot in the head To save Hey, come on, come on, come on, come on This can't be real Did you hear what they said? Yeah, did you hear what they said? What
5: they say. I just want to ask a question. Who really cares? Save a world in despair who really cares.
0: Beautiful, socially aware moments, and that's The Natural Four, This Is What's Happening Now, and that was composed, arranged, and produced by the master Leroy Hudson. Before that was Save the Children, Marlena Shaw, a very nice version of uh, the Marvin Gaye. Beautiful arrangement of that tune, I like Mm -hmm. the way she did that. Wade Marcus um, doing arrangements, The Natural Four, who says Leroy Hudson can't write great tunes, socially aware.
1: Yeah, we touched on this last time, David. You know, ego's a powerful thing now, and if you feel that somebody, like a Leroy Hudson, who felt that he had a a set idea about stuff he wanted to do, and if he had the wherewithal to get it done, that's one thing, but when you're up against somebody like a Curtis Mayfield, and people get the wrong impression of you, you do run into walls and stuff, and in a town like Chicago, you know, it was almost like he was doomed to fail there. That's really sad. I mean, Curtis
0: was just so big and uh, Superfly was just so huge that um, here you had records on the same label Curtam Records like The Natural Four like Leroy Hudson's early albums and like the next one we're going to hear and this guy Ed Townsend it's amazing he even put out an album I mean he's a producer he's a songwriter but hell the guy can sing <laughs> uh, that was, that was a,
1: uh, we were looking at the cover earlier I was like that's a heck of a discography on that cover there. the stuff that he did for other folks yeah I mean now uh, this fellow wrote and produced
0: Let's Get It On For marvin uh the impressions main ingredients dd Dee Dee warwick uh jimmy holiday shirelles gloria lynn chuck jackson maxine nightingale or
1: maxine brown should i say mm-hmm. um great people this is the type of stuff him and, uh, and prince philip Mitchell, uh folks who have done lots of material for other people but certainly had enough to do for their own selves but well, i guess they we either were c- content enough with making a living that way and had no real desire to get on the other side of the microphone but i mean that, that's a huge body of work for somebody like
0: Yeah, that. you know, and um, I've seen this record in a couple places in town, just sitting around, nobody wanted it, and <laughs> I looked at it and said, hey, this has got to be something interesting. It fits in just perfectly, this track, with our socially conscious set that we're doing here, and the track is called, Where Did Those Signs Go? Check this out. got to get closer to the essence of life but be aware it's going to take courage and strife we talk about an important track mike why can't we live together i mean that is an epic epic socially
1: conscious track epic and a, just an excellent all-around track to have that hypnotic groove working for a whole minute and a half or so before timmy thomas even comes in and he doesn't even come in when you expect him to come in that's mm. the wonderful part about it and then he just drops that impassioned plea upon you there you go sweet <laughs> no, we're playing a little- curtis mayfield regardless of where you are whether it be new york city london Tokyo, Mm -hmm. the East End. If you wanna know where the soul trees grow, the roots of all that encompasses it can be found right here on African Rhythms.
0: Thanks Mike, I'm David Jones, peace and love.
3: to share or how to care I never had no teachings about being fair Depression is part of my mind The sun never shines on the other side of town The need here is always for more There's nothing good in store On the other side of town It's hard to do right In this filthy night Just plain simple comfort Is completely out of sight My little sister She hungry For bread to eat My brothers hand me down shoes Now showing his feet. Ghetto blues showed on the news. All is well, but what the hell do they care? You across the track, completely relaxed. You take a warning back. Don't you never come back? I'm from the other side of town Out of bounds To anybody Who don't live around I never learned to share Or how to care. I never had no teachings About being fair Depression is part of my mind the sun never shines on the other side of town The need here is always for more There's nothing good in store on the other side of town Oh baby, it's hard to do right, you know, on the other side of town Really got a hold on On the other side of town